We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome, everybody, to Suck It. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck is everybody tonight on this Wednesday? December 9th of the horrible year that has been 2020. Whew. We're almost there, guys. Almost to the end of the year. Thank God. Hopefully, you know, with a new year brings new positive changes. But only time will tell. But you know what? Who cares about all that? We're here to laugh and cry and everything else in between. Because tonight... I have a very special guest with me tonight. Not only is she an awesome comedian, an awesome podcaster, and a whole bunch of other stuff. She's an actress, and she's also so eloquently volunteered her time on Friday to join us for our Toys for Tots fundraiser, um, our charity event. So I'm very, very honored to have her on before then. I'm also have her, honored to have her on with me then at that time. So let's just jump right into the laughs. Let's jump right into the fun. Because tonight I bring to you Miss Sally Mullins. Hey, how are you? Oh, we got to unmute you here. Hold on. Unmute. There we go. Help me. There, there we go. There we yeah. go. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm good. That was a lot of people's fantasies, just that I'm muted, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people dream about that for me as well. So how's everything going for you? Everything's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I am having a pretty chill week making content for YouTube and other stuff and uh, watching a little TV and trying to prioritize my fitness. So it's pretty good. I, I would say I'm blessed if I were religious. <laughs> That's, that is a very valid point. I can, I can understand that. So um, you, young lady, are everywhere. You know, as far as like, you know, the scene goes. You're, you are in all facets of entertainment, which I find fascinating. <laughs> I sometimes uh, joke that you've got to do all kinds of entertainment if you're going to pay your rent in L.A. You've really got to try all different pockets of entertainment. And, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm in entertainment. <laughs> yes, a, a, a lot of different. Yes, you are definitely entertainer. Um <laughs> But, you know, but comedy is your main focus, though, right? Absolutely. I've been in comedy for over for 22 years now, really. And uh, I love it. And comedy is I see my life as before I did stand up and then 
starting stand-up and and it's like really splits my life into yeah what got you into stand-up to begin with uh the la weekly seriously i never thought about it i never really watched it i still really don't and i just saw in the back of la weekly because i moved to la in my late 20s and i was writing but I miss performing. My background was mainly performing and I was writing scripts and I, I just wanted to write and perform my own thoughts, you know, and I had written some plays, but I, I didn't want to go through like a rehearsal process and I, nobody knew me in LA. I had just moved from Florida. Nobody knew me as an actress. Nobody gave a shit. Mm -hmm. So I said, I just need to do something by myself instead of trying to break into like pre-established groups and scenes so i took a stand-up class that was advertised in the back of the la weekly it was a free audit hey free is free <laughs> but you know at the same time i mean isn't breaking into comedy like breaking into you know because everyone has their own clicks and you know this and that so i mean isn't it the same thing that same way no because it's just one of you and any one person can do comedy like you can go to an open mic and do comedy like right now you can even do a zoom open mic um if you want to be in a play you've got to try out you know yeah that okay yeah i can see the difference there yeah i see mm -hmm. what you're saying i see what you're saying now yeah um because i mean that's how i got into the comedy as well i mean i started doing open mics and same thing um, right. but my path was a little bit different than yours um, I was kind of, I've always been an entertainer as well. Um, you know, I started in the music business and I left the music business to go be a professional wrestler for 12 years. How cool. And well, that's I, comedy too. It yeah. is. And then I broke my neck and I couldn't wrestle anymore. Um, so I was like, what else can I do? And I'm like, you know what? I got that personal interaction, you know, you know, stuff. I know how to control a crowd and I'm pretty funny. I mean, let me try this. And it just stuck. Um, but yeah, I've been doing the zoom shows this year and everything else in between, but I miss being up on stage. Well, that's really cool that you're doing zoom. I mean, obviously you're, you're, you know, down with zoom, you're doing your podcast on zoom and like what zoom comedy shows have you been doing? Um, I did a bunch with, uh, Eugenia doing the, um, yeah, uh, the shindig ones that Jimmy puts on. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you're doing that because I find them different and fun and they're great for your writing because you have an outlet and the other outlets might not be safe or they, they might be too much hassle or they might be too depressing. Like, you know, I was at the comedy store every Friday night to pack crowds and that I've tried to do some socially distanced live comedy. And if the people have masks on their faces and you can't even see them laughing, and you're out in the cold, uh, I'm kind of like, maybe I'll just go Zoom at home. At least you can see some people laughing. Yeah, I mean, I did a socially distanced one at a brewery here in town uh, back in July. And it was a rather, it was a pretty big, decent, you know, sized place. And it was socially distanced and only like 15 or 20 people were there, all wearing masks, all standing, you know, so when they were laughing, you couldn't hear the echo. They weren't playing off of each other. It was just very, very weird. That's what's a drag too. If they can't sit near each other. Now I did this really nice gig at an outdoor 
not a brewery, but like a restaurant and they fed me well. And it was socially distanced, but it was like couples at tables. So you could mess with a table and everyone was sort of close enough to where it fed off one another, but it was really fun as a comedian. And that was a really great live, but that might've been like August or something when things were kind of chilling a little bit Mm -hmm. and that gig's not there anymore. I can tell you that. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I can't wait to, to start doing it, you know, again. I mean, it's just, you know, if I didn't have my my podcast or the Zoom shows, I'd be going crazy right now because, you know, I, I test a lot of different things, a lot of different jokes on, you know, my guests. I'll test, you know, different jokes, you know, and monologues or whatever the case might be. And I and really, it's, sometimes it's hard to gauge, but at the same time, it's I'm, I'm getting out there and I'm trying something because otherwise I'd go nuts. Yeah, I mean, you have to do that. Like, I'm not going to lie. I have done as much comedy as I was doing before the pandemic, because I have been doing, I mean, I did the Palm Springs International Comedy Festival and I produced four shows for them. I did three comedy contests, two other festivals. Plus I open mic'd with several different groups all week. I mean, I've been doing Zoom comedy like five days a week. I'm chilling right now so I can make a little more money because just like live comedy, it'll take up your time. I mean. I've written so much, you know, not to brag, but I've done so much Zoom comedy. I mean, I do feel bad for people who didn't do it, but I I respect whatever decision they make, you know? Yeah. I mean, for someone like me who lives on the, uh, you know, over in D.C., uh, who doesn't get a chance to come out to, you know, California very often, you know, that's my goal for next year. Hopefully everything opens back up. I want to come out to to California and try. Um, But. What I thought was really cool about, you know, doing the the shindig shows with Jimmy was, you know, the fact that, you know, I got a chance to be on the same show as Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't have had that opportunity out here. I mean, Jamie's cool, huh? Isn't he nice? I really love him. Yes, he's so great. And, you know, I I can say I opened up for Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, Jamie Kennedy. That's freaking, you know, I I haven't had that honor before. So, you know, the the Zoom has definitely given us, you know, a a different perspective. I mean, at least me you know, different perspective on comedy because I've had opportunities that I would have never had before. I know. It is cool. Like in those festivals, I've been with people all over the world. I was just in the Boston Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. And every year I would look at the Boston Comedy Festival and go, oh, I just can't swing it financially to go and do a set. You know, I can't deal with like getting on a plane to go and do a set. And it's just too much. Uh, it was just too much money and hassle and time. So I did the Boston Comedy Festival this year virtually, and I was like, oh, I finally did it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, to be totally honest with you, that's another reason why I kind of started this podcast was so I can, you know, start intermingling with people outside of this area. You know, that's why I was so happy to get, you know, hooked up with Eugenie and stuff like that because I thought, you know, through her, I've met so many cool people just like you, for example, and I've had so many other opportunities that I would have just never would have had. You know, the, the, the show started off as a way just for me to, you know, vent my frustrations as far as like my mental health and stuff like that. But then it's kind of morphed into what it is today, you know, a entertainment, you know, comedy, you know, and mental health podcast where I get to talk to really fucking cool people all the time. And, you know, I'm really, really happy about that. I mean, I, next week on Wednesday, I've got comedian Steve Hofstetter coming on. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. I, I, 
I just reached out to him and he was like, sure, I'm coming on. And I was like, okay, great. You know? Well, talk about Zoom shows. I mean, Hofstetter has, I think he and Ben Glebe run that Nowhere Comedy Club, is Correct. it? Yep. So they got on the Zoom shows and they really made it like a regular event. And, and there's definitely, a, they do that a really successful way because it feels like people have a regular place to go, you know, which yeah. is really on their couch. No, that's cool. That's cool that you're, you're doing that. And I also think, uh, I mean, I like the fact that there's already some focus on mental health issues in the new administration. I mean, I really think that there's already been some mention, at least acknowledgement of some prioritization of mental health issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just what they did the other day, and I know it's not going to, I hope it, I mean, excuse me, I hope it does go through, but I don't think it will. You know, the fact that they're talking about decriminalizing medical, uh, marijuana at the national level would be phenomenal. And then, then I'm adding a 5% tax on it, which is even less than cigarettes, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, in DC, you know, in the Virginia area where I live, it's, it's medically legal, but there's not even a dispensary near me. So wow. they have, they have special waivers to where I can get my uh, card, but then I have to travel to Maryland to buy it, which is kind of strange. Oh. Or I can just go buy it legally in D.C. and then take it over the border. <laughs> Jesus. It, yeah. but, Hassle. I mean, it is. But, you know, it, for me, it's either, you know, use THC or CBD um, and not take, you know, those harsh anti-Xanax medicines such as like uh, Klonopam or uh, Xanax. Or, you Yum. know, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, you know, I, I was chewing those like it was freaking going out of style. But now it's like, OK, you know, now I just, you know take some THC or some ZB, CBD and be done with it. Um, Cause I also have to take, you know, freaking Lexapro and Wellbutrin every day. Uh, you know, I'm sick and tired of taking pills. I would rather smoke weed. <laughs> well, you know what? How cool is that, that weed chills you out? Cause it sure as hell does not do that for me. I mean, weed makes me really jacked up. I like to use it for writing sometimes, but it's normally not going to have a chill effect on me. I love Klonopin. I love Xanax. Those those little, you know, friends of mine you speak of. I mean, I love those guys, but I can't be on those regularly. I'll yeah. turn into a zombie. You exactly. know, exactly. Yep. That's how exactly how I feel. But and it really depends on the strain, too, of weed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause some of them do hype me up. Um, some of them make me even more anxious. So I have to, like, you know, <laughs> kind of like, you know, play it, play it cool with it. And make oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's but it works so fucking well. Um, Good. I, I my mental health this year, you know, since I since I don't have a job, <laughs> and this is my job, I don't have to worry about getting tested anymore. I, I just move to that pretty much all the time, and it's so much better, so much better. So your podcast is like your main gig now. It's my only gig. Good. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully next year I make the right connections and get to do some more comedy and stuff like that. And that's, that's kind of my goal. So, you know, starting next year, I want to make comedy and podcasting both full time. Yeah. You seem you're going on the right track. You're, you're on the right track. I like to hear about people who are using the pandemic to try and turn the point, uh, in their life and, you know, like restructure their future because I sort of felt before that I was a hamster on a wheel. Like I was a cute hamster, you know, and I was I was having a good time on that wheel. But I feel now like I had to look at the future more and say, Ooh, you know, 
do I want to be doing this the next, like, what are some changes I can make? What's not good about where I'm at and what can I do about it? I, I do think that has been kind of cool about getting off the wheel. Oh, absolutely. I feel that exact same way. I mean, for the entire time I've been in the entertainment business, I've always had a full-time nine to five mm -hmm. um, up until this year, you know, you know, doing music and, you know, having a job was crazy because I was in the restaurant business at the time. So that was weird. Then when yeah. I'm, became a wrestler i was in you know and for the last 15 years i've been in re retail um and then in july i got laid off and i was just like you know what i'm done i can't do this anymore i'm driving myself batshit insane you know the retail business is not good for somebody with mental health issues and i was like you know what my podcast is going really well um and now it's just like you know what it's now or never and i've been saying the exact same thing you know this is the year of reinvention for a lot yeah. of people if you're not taking the opportunity you're you're wasting this opportunity too because I mean, what's it go ahead i'm sorry i was just gonna say um because a lot of people are sitting at home right now you know playing the woe is me game but getting that weekly check from you know unemployment or the you know no living off a severance package going okay i'll just wait to get another job well why aren't you looking back at your teenage self and saying what did you want to be when you're a teenager what did you want to be when you're five years old try that because this might be the time to, yeah, try to develop that. Um, good idea. What's it called, though? Isn't there a name for it? Like the pandemic turning point or the, yeah, that sounds medical, but isn't there a name for like discovery or focus or a good usage of your time career wise now that we have? I don't remember. I read it in some article. I'm just trying to sound like I read. Yeah, I'm just trying to sound like I like which i well i mean that's another thing like you can you can get back to some things you haven't been able to do a long time so yeah that's really what i like to see is like okay you're able to get government help right now so do you kind of wait for things to come back or are you trying to develop better things I don't know what it's called, dude. Uh, you know what? I'll go and I'll find it and I'll tell you later. But my situation is that I did not need to apply for any assistance because my line of work actually started doing a little better, you know? Because, I mean, I do make some money through comedy in 2020, but... It's mainly through, you know, my involvement in the adult industry. Although, although I do have a, a special on Amazon Prime and it's so good. It feels so good as a comic to be getting a monthly check from people watching your comedy special. That feels better than the money I make from porn. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I mean, either, either way, you're, 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 you're making people happy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't care if they're jerking off to the comedy special. I'm fine with that, too. And I like, uh, you know, I, but I really treasure that money I'm getting every month. Like, I, wow. I mean, that just gets really feel it in my heart. And the other stuff, you know, I'm like, good, feel it in my wallet. That's more passive income, the porn money. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, yeah, I, because I, I mean, I do other stuff too. I mean, I do uh, photography and stuff like that. Um, I do, mm -hmm. I do headshots and uh, family portraits and stuff like that. So I, I do have a passive income on the side as well. But I mean, this 
this right here is just completely blown up beyond anything I could ever imagine. You know, when I first started this show back in February, January, February, um, you know, and then all of a sudden it just slowly started rising. The more I did, the more it got up and, you know, and fucking I'm now I'm like hitting like 40, 50,000 downloads an episode. It's like, holy shit. I mean, wow. I had a million downloads for the month of September and I was like, holy shit. How that is that is even possible? So yeah, I mean, and I've just basked in it because it's so much fun. I mean, I, I love what I'm doing now, and it, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Good. Cool. That's good. That's really good to hear. I, I really uh, admire your hustle. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing f six episodes a week. Six. Um, plus other stuff as well. But, it, yeah, it, it gets taxing. But you know what? I get to you know spend all day you know working on graphics or working on this, or working on that, and then for an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half every day, I get to come here at you know eight o'clock my time and shoot the shit with somebody fun and just have a good time and just this is my decompression time. I mean, I, what I'm doing now, this is not work. This is this is fun. You know, I don't. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, podcasting is so much work and da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the prep work that goes into it can be taxing, but I mean. You know, for me, I don't research my guests. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I already Good. I already knew who you were, so I didn't have to do any research anyway. But the most of the, most of the time, I only know just enough to start a conversation with, because everything I want to know, I'm going to ask in the interview. You're going to ask, and I I like that. And first of all, I will say whatever whatever cocktail of antidepressants on seems to be working for you. If you're getting six podcasts a week done, that freaking rocks. And secondly, you know what I liked about coming on your podcast? This is going to sound weird, but I don't like getting homework before I come on a podcast or something. I don't like somebody sending me a questionnaire and we're going to talk about this and keep in mind this. And it's it's something I would never normally talk about. And I have to like like Google shit. I mean, I get that sometimes that is cool and it can make good product, but I'm not going to lie. I go, oh, this guy's chill. He hasn't sent me anything at all. Like he hasn't ridden my ass one bit. I'll be there. You know, <laughs> I always show up anyway. I don't want you to think I ghost podcasts. If you want me on your, if you want my old ass on your podcast, I'll be there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so many people that do what you just said, or they'll specifically ask the PR rep, can you send me over a media kit? You know, and then they just focus on the media. I don't want to do that. There's there's a bunch of other people out there doing that. You know, I want it to be raw, real, organic. You know, you know, yeah, I talk about mental health, but like we were talking about in our email, you know, if we want to talk about the porn industry, we're going to talk about the porn industry. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, that's what people have come to expect from my my com my conversations because they're not really interviews; they're more conversation based, and it can go anywhere and everywhere because. That's the whole idea is because I don't want to focus on the mental health aspect of things. I don't want people to come here and think it's all PG, you know, all, you know, mental health based. But I want them to come here and be like, oh, we're going to talk a little bit about this, a little bit about that and be able to take my mind off of everything else and just laugh for an hour. Good. And yeah. And that's the whole idea. Well, I don't know how funny I'm going to be, but I can definitely tell you some weird stuff. Give me some. Uh, give me weird shit. I don't care. That's. Let's go weird. Weird life. Let's I get mean, weird. Very, 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 very weird life. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, 
so that's cool that you're that you're doing this. And I have uh, I have a pot. My podcast is called Porn Mom. Yep. Porn Mom podcast. And that's like, you know, talking a little bit about comedy, a little bit about porn, advice to younger guys, advice to younger women. I talk about health. I talk about supplements. And I also try to tell them about some 80s movies and some songs from like the 70s and 80s and you know let them discover help them discover cool stuff i don't know how old you are i mean you're younger than me by a lot but 39 how how old 39 oh i thought you were younger than that nope oh okay i'll be 40 i'll be 40 in april in april well that's an aries that's a good good hard working sign you know no wonder you're doing six podcasts a week. Doesn't surprise me now. I mean, women over fifty, we know what sign you are. You know, if you give us your birthday, <laughs> then it all makes sense. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I've been in comedy. Comedy is the love of my life. And uh, when we don't have a pandemic, I'm at the comedy store at least once a week. I host a show on Friday there, and I also, you know, do a lot of shows around town. Like I'm up on stage like four or five times a week so that was a lot to take away but I maybe how I'm wired like I just feel like I'm still doing comedy like I have a special that went up in May and I do four or five zoom shows a week it just doesn't feel that much different to me I know that's weird maybe I'm maybe I'm a robot maybe I'm I'm British so maybe that's because I'm British I don't know maybe Mm -hmm. it could be it you know I'm I'm partially British, so does that count? (laughs) Yeah, it might have something to do with why you need all. Maybe you need those, you know, you need those pills to feel. I don't know. Uh, know? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, because my dumbass is also like on like Friday uh, during the day of the the charity event. um, On Fridays, I do an afternoon show with my old co-host, and it's just you know, it's just her and I shooting the shit. No. No guests, no nothing, just her and I shooting the shit like we used to do back in the day before it became an interview show. Um, so I'm still doing that. And then at 6 o'clock or 3 o'clock your time, coming on here and doing that. It's going to be like a six-hour long fucking stream with how much shit we have on that, that fucking card. It's ridiculous. I've done I've done some some podcasts. I mean, I've done some events like that in the pandemic. I There was like a, oh my God, like a 12-hour one with Dow Comedy Studio and I opened it and I closed it. So let me know what you need me to do. I know you need me to host a little and introduce some stuff. So yeah. let me know the hours. Give me the breakdown when you can. But yeah, you we'll, know. we'll talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, cool, I guess, cool. Yeah. We'll talk about it because I know you're, you want to cool. talk about that. So because, yeah, because I mean, we're gonna, in between, you know, bringing on everybody because um, all the comedians start what I say, six o'clock. My, uh, no, six o'clock your time. So that'd be nine o'clock our time. Um, so that would be a full hour long show, hour or a little bit longer than hour long show. We got how many comedians? We got seven, eight comedians coming on during that time, all doing 10, 15 minute sets, including me because Eugenia made me. <laughs> so, Good. well, that was the first thing that she said to me when I texted her and I said, Hey, can we do this? And she's like, Two things. Number one, how many people do you want me to get? And number two, are you doing a set too? And I said, If you want me to, she goes, No, 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 you need to. I said, Okay. <laughs> so it worked out really well. So, yeah, we're going to have that. And then I've got, um, two other comedians that are coming on separately. Um, one sent me a, a pre-recorded set that he just did at a um, at a socially distanced one, and then I got another one coming on at ten o'clock my time, or excuse me, eleven o'clock my time. So that's 
eight o'clock yours um his name is uh, phil johnson he's a music music comedian oh yeah i think i just saw him at boston comedy festival yeah he's he's funny yeah. as hell too so he's coming on later on the night and then i got like 13 musical acts 14 musical acts so in between musical acts we're gonna you know shoot the shit and just have a little bit of fun and you know encourage people to donate yeah, donate to Toys for Tots. Okay, uh, that's I, I don't I'm not really into kids or children's charities, but for Eugenia, I was like, sure, I'll do this, you know. But normally, I really like like animal charities, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you volunteering your time for it because it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, that'll be cool. And one thing I've been telling people too, because you know, a lot of the bands that I asked to come on, they're all like, you know, we're a punk band. You know, we say lots of nasty shit, and I said. I go, just because it's a, uh, an event, you know, to support children does not mean it's an event for children. It's for the adults who can have, who actually have the money. So we're yeah. going to say whatever we want to do. We're going to have whatever fun we want to have. It's still the same type of atmosphere that it's on the show. I don't give a shit. We're going to have some fun. We just want to give these kids toys so they'll quit screaming and asking questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Such a pain. You know, it's, it's like they remind me of drunk dudes like kids voices remind me of like a wasted guy at a party who's like hitting on you, you know? Yeah. And plus, you know, I would hate to be that parent that could, you know, that has to wake up, you know, Christmas morning and not have anything for their kid underneath, you know, the tree. I would rather go get my dick pierced by a blind person with cerebral palsy than have that situation happen. Yeah. Well, you know, if you do let somebody pierce your dick you would probably make money and be able to buy your kid a present so that's a good way to look at it i mean i used to work in fetish and it's weird you would talk about that because one time in a fetish dungeon i had to nail a guy's ball sack to a chair for money oh my god you know but that's what you do what you have to do now i wasn't comfortable doing that i didn't want to do that i told him i didn't want to do that but that's why he wanted me to do it that was the dynamic you know yeah i mean I, i'm not one to kink shame um and you know i won't even kink shame that but it, it's hard to come to grips with some of them <laughs> i some of them some of them i don't like i can usually i can understand intellectually why everything is erotic but there's definitely some things that I can't feel or it's even a turnoff, you know? Oh, yeah. It's even a turnoff, yeah. That right there yeah. would be a turnoff. For, I mean, I yeah. can understand. It was a turnoff for me, too. But, you know, it was funny. After after we were done, he was kind of like, that wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> for him to say that, <laughs> that kind of makes me go, did, it, did you feel it at all? <laughs> How did the dynamic switch here? You know, like you're having to comfort me. In the meantime, you're, you're, uh, you know, trapped yeah. by your sack. Yeah. Usually the sub gets the uh, the the comfort after the fact. You know, the uh, um, aftercare. The aftercare. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> but for the dynamic to change in that situation, I can I can kind of understand why you were yeah a little bit hesitant on that. I did not sign up for that. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you got to work the sessions that you're presented with. And, and that's why I like hard workers. And I tend to not feel sorry for, you know, like some of the shitty things people have to do for work. Like, how can I really feel? How can I feel bad for them? Like, look at some of the nasty stuff I've been through. 
you know? Yeah. Like people complain about, oh, can you hear my dogs? I have three dogs. A little bit in the background, yeah. Yeah, rescues. So sometimes people complain about their jobs, and I'm like, hey, you know, I've I've done some really foul shit to pay my bills. So unless your job is like you're being abused, you know, you got you you, you just just do it and find or find something better, you know, just like what you said, kind of go back to what you really wanted to do as a kid and see if that's out there or you can put it out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I've lived, a you know, luckily I can say that I've done, I've accomplished, you know, my childhood dreams. You know what I'm saying? I got to be, you know, in music, I got to play in front of 15,000 people. And then at the same time, you know, I got to, you know, the chance to work for WWE a couple of times, you know, you know, during, you know, off television stuff. Um, and now it's like, OK, now what's what does the adult Derek want to do? The adult Derek wants to go up on stage or go onto a podcast and say the most awkward shit ever and make people go, huh, do I laugh or call the cops? Because that's exactly what the kind of reaction I love getting that reaction right there. That look of, oh, my God, that was so offensive. Am I allowed to laugh at that? That type of shit. It just makes me so happy to see people uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, like shock comedy. I like to uh, serve up a little shock, too. It's kind of like you think you're talking to this nice lady at a cocktail party, and then I start coming out with some weird stuff. Yeah, it's a fun feeling. It's a very, very fun feeling. No, I totally get it. I get what, you know, turns you on about it. When you were, when you were younger, did you ever like pretend to be a DJ like in the 70s I had a tape recorder with like cassette tapes and I used to tape the music off the radio and then I'd start talking and I go you know that was Jerry Rafferty with Baker Street uh you guys like that tune kind of fun kind of mellow this is Y1SM you know Y1 Sally Mullins like yeah I, and then here's a new song from Stevie Wonder did you know he was blind you know like just, <laughs> did you be, know did you know he's blind <laughs> it was like 1978 <laughs> to be totally honest with you yeah I did that shit too right and I still have those fucking tapes they're back home in Florida I'm like oh my god this is my old radio station tape yeah I mean cassette my influences are, are broad and wide, um, but I, I love I love the shock factor. Um, and there's some out there that do it really well, and there's not a lot of them anymore. But, um, you know, I love that shock factor. I mean, one of my biggest influences ever as far as, like, you know, what I do now is obviously Howard Stern. Um, uh -huh. You know, I, I listened to him back when he was on terrestrial radio, listening to things that he would constantly he was always pushing that border. And I was like, Jesus, this is so amazing because I love mm -hmm. to hear people complain about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. And then, you know, George Carlin is my one of my biggest, you know, comedic influences. Um, and then my like my dream person that I would love to feature for is Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, Jeselnik. OK, so. When he was first starting out, I was one of the people introducing him because I got into hosting really early. And he and I probably got into comedy around the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and I was hosting and I was introducing him. And he had a ton of friends when he first started out. And uh, he was nice. He was chill. So he still seems chill, like when I talked to him at the comedy store. But I don't really know him. You know, I was yeah. just I, he was fun to work with. And this was probably like. 
you know, uh, 1999, 2000 or something, 2001. I don't know. He was always funny. Oh my god! But he god. was new. He was new. I knew him when he was like a new green comic. Yeah, he's but he is so funny. I mean, he's the master of the left turn, in my opinion. Um, and then the, my third one is, you know, may he rest in peace, Mitch Hedberg. Oh, I know. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg is really cool. Yeah, I love the way he twists some things around. He is great. Who else do you like? You like Jesselnik? You like Mitch Hedberg? Who else? Um, Carlin. I mean, um, you know, George Carlin, obviously. But, um, you know, some, even some of the PG ones, uh, like uh, Gabriel Iglesias, he just cracks me up. Um, Joe Coy, he's not PG, but, you know, J Joe Coy is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many good comics these days. I mean, it's just um, Neil Brennan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Um, last year, he uh, he came out with that um, Netflix special, Three Mics. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you saw that, but mm -hmm. in my opinion, that is probably and a lot of people hated on it. But in my opinion, it's probably one of the greatest comedy specials I've ever seen. Why did people hate on it? Because it wasn't all comedy all the time. Because he because he had that. Um, there was. Did you see it? Nope. Okay. I don't watch any specials, oh, including that's right. mine. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you told me that. Um, so there was three separate mics up on stage, and there was a, a mic for him to just to tell stories about his past, his childhood, his trauma, and stuff like that. It was literally storytelling. There was no jokes about it. It was just him being oh, honest. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then the center mic was his normal comedy bits, and then the, the third mic was just stupid one-liners that he wrote before the show. So it was That's great. So it was it was this great little mix of everything and it went he did it for like an hour and a half and it was just you know just when you started to like get involved in the story of like him and his father and all this you know the abuse and all this other stuff that he went through he stopped dead stop and then he moved to that second mic and started doing you know regular comedy and it was just brilliant. That's super interesting. Now I want to watch that. I mean, I've worked with him. I barely know him. I baby, I uh, one a couple of times I watched his dog because his dog was like on the front patio of the comedy store, and he had to go and do a set, and he knew I was good with dogs. Yeah, you know what? He, I would love to watch that. That would be, I. It's not like I've never watched a comedy special, but. I've I probably I probably really never have. I mean, man, I probably never really have. Like I was supposed to watch some to prepare for mine and I didn't. But the fact that his is, sounds kind of different, I might be really interested to watch it. Yeah, it was very, very different. But I, I you know, I do watch, um, you know, a you lot should. Of, yeah. I should. No, I'm saying I do um, just because. The one problem that I have still, you know, even though I've been doing it for two, three years now, and it's going to take time because I'm still technically new to it, um, yeah. is I'm still working on my timing and trying mm -hmm. to figure out what what works for me. So I watch a wide variety of things and try to, you know, take little hints and clues from everybody and get, okay, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me morph these two together. Let's take three of them, put them together. So I'm still working on that. So I watch a lot of comedy to try to to fix that. Has Zoom helped you with your timing a little? Um, yes and no. Um, yeah. Because sometimes there'll be that lag, so I yeah the, yeah the you know the the laughter comes a little bit later than I expected, um, or I don't give it enough time to gestate. I'll just immediately I, I'll think oh shit they're not getting the joke let me just move on. But in reality they're just letting it gestate for a second and I just and I'm getting paranoid. My anxiety gets the best of me and I just. I move on too quickly sometimes. Well, so, I have yeah. anxiety too. 
And uh, I find that Zoom really helped me slow down a little bit. In fact, uh, I, I was working on slowing down, even being 20-something years into comedy. I worked on slowing down for my special. And I didn't drink coffee for like three weeks before my special. Mm. I just said, so I really don't need coffee. I'll, I just have enough natural anxiety to get myself <laughs> up and going in the morning. Yeah. I'll just use that. Thanks. So, however, this year, 2020, I have been going back to drinking coffee and I need to work on that a little bit. You know, like there are some bad things I've slipped back into. Do, do you drink? I do. Me too. Um, I don't drink regularly because um, um, I have a history of addiction in my family. So I don't drink in excess ever. Um, the only thing I drink is beer. Um, but I find that I, if I get, you know, extra bougie and hipster douchebaggy about my beer, you know, it has to have this type of blend and this and that. And I just drink it for taste. It works out a lot better because I'll like drink two and I'll be happy because like, oh, that was an amazing combination that worked really well with my steak or worked really well with my chicken or, you know, this or that. Oh, drinking this with that. Oh, that, that tastes amazing. OK, I'm good. Thanks. Have a nice day. You know, and I'm happy. Yeah. with that. So that's what that's what I do. I, I just get extra douchey about it and it works out. <laughs> <laughs> a little extra douchey. That's funny. That's, yeah, I, I like how beer is loved by hipsters. I like the nurturing and development of beer, you know. I love those things going on with beer. And beer's getting better and better, and sometimes I'm pissed. I'm like, you know, where was this beer when I was just drinking beer? Because once you turn 50 as a woman, you're mainly into cougar juice, you know. Like, yeah. if I keep kicking back beers, I'm not going to have, like, a porn body for much longer <laughs> not that all different types can't work in porn because they do but if i'm gonna drink beer i'm gonna move into another category you know i'm already granny porn i'm already gilf so do i want to be like bbw gilf that might just be like too much for me to process <laughs> that's true um yeah that however there's a genre for that you know of course there is. Of course there is. It's just uh, I don't know if I'm ready to work in it. You know, I don't know if I can emotionally handle that. I'm not shaming anyone, just myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, <laughs> as far as like the uh, what you said earlier, as far as like where did this, where did this beer come from? Where was it at when I was drinking? You know, I, I used to live in Florida as well, and I moved here about five where? years ago. Um, just outside of Orlando. Oh, cool, cool. OBT, baby. Yeah, on the other side, though. Yeah. I lived in uh, the Altamont Springs, Sanford area, Longwood uh -huh. area. Yeah. Is that near Mount Dora? Um, just outside of it, yeah, the other side oh, of nice. it. Oh, yeah. nice. So, yeah, I lived out there 20-some years before I moved here. Um, I'm originally from Ohio. But um, one of the things that I noticed when I got up here was the craft beer scene is so much bigger here. And, I mean, there's a brewery on every fucking corner. And, wow. You know, I, I used to think, you know, drinking beer from Hawaii was cool. And now I come here and it's like, I don't drink that shit no more. I mean, let me go find some good shit. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Wow. And there you go with your Mountain Dew with all that caffeine. Actually, well, that's true. Yeah, but, it, but at least it's diet. So, you know, it's no sugar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I don't I, mess with soda. I don't mess with soda. You, you probably won't once you're my age. You won't mess with soda. I've been cutting it back a lot, um, to be honest with you. Good. Because it's just, you know, I, I, I prefer, I drink a lot of water, though. 
Um, I actually, um, there's this new water company that I've been trying to get as a sponsor. Um, it's called Circle. Uh-huh. And what they do is they have it's these big 28-ounce bottles, and then they send you every month these cartridges that last you about a week um, that are flavor cartridges, you know, and there's no, oh. no sugar, um, no caffeine in some of them, and they're just a multitude of flavors. And, That's um, kind of cool. Yeah, and it's not expensive at all, so because of that, I've been drinking a lot of water. I'll fill that thing up three or four times a day. The only time I drink Good Mountain, for you. The only time I drink Mountain Dew is when I'm on the show. Yeah, no, that's okay. I'm not giving you a hard time. Mountain Dew is really funny. Like, that will jack me up. <laughs> that will make me so crazy, you know? Yeah, when my yeah. 10-year-old says, Dad, can I have a Mountain Dew? I just go, yeah, I want to see how crazy you get. Oh, you have kids? I'm sorry I gave kids a hard time. No, how many kids fine. do you have? I have two. Oh, wow. I've got an 18-year-old and a 10-year-old. An 18-year-old? Oh, wow. So you had a kid when you were, like, 21 or something? Yeah, she she turned. Yeah, she was uh, born when I was 20, and when she was four months old is when I turned 21, so right before I was 21. That is amazing. Are you prior military? Nope. What made you have kids so young? Um, I was hypnotized by her mom. I said, yes, dear. You know, she had – she gave me – she gave me pussy. I, I, how can I say no to that? No, and when you you're, can't say no to that. And when you're 19, 20 years old and you get to go raw dog, oh, sign me up. <laughs> how old was the, How old was she, the mom? Um, she was only six months younger than I was. Oh, so very fertile. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah, again you know, 19, 20-year-old getting told, yeah, let's, let's do a raw dog. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely happens. I hear that happens. Yeah. I mean, sex ed is like, don't come in a vagina unless you want to start a family. <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, in the 90s where I grew up, I mean, they didn't really talk about, you know, contraception at all. So it's like, you know, it was just, you know, don't do it. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then, you know, the moment I had it, it was like, oh, I can't get enough of this. <laughs> of course not. I bet it feels great. God, I'll never know how it feels to stick a dick in a pussy. Not in this life, I won't, you know, but maybe I'll come back as like a stud. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've always op wondered the opposite. It's like, you know, I know what an orgasm feels like for me, but what does it feel like for you? It's like, I, I can't, you know, I can't even... feels pretty good. I know, right? <laughs> it's what I'm saying, but like, I wonder if it's the same sensation or if it's different. You know, I, I've always I've always been curious about the biology of it for weird reasons. Not because I wanted to feel it, just because I'm curious. <laughs> You're like, I'm not trying to intrude. I just want to understand. What? Let me ask you this. What Does it feel way better to ejaculate into a vagina than it does into like a Kleenex? Yes. Okay. Yes, because it's encapsulated. Mm -hmm. You know... Because, you know, a hand, unless you're, you know, a little guy, doesn't encapsulate your dick. So, right, it's, you know, right. it's a little, you know, it's a little bit different. But when yeah. it's all, I mean, just like if, you know, coming from anal versus coming from, you know, vaginal are two different sensations, yeah. too. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's that encapsulation. It's everything is being touched. Every nerve is being hit. So, yeah, it's wow. a much different sensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, like if I can get off with a vibrator and the guy's dick is in me, too, that's like also very you know, different than just because they're different kinds of there's clitoral, there's G spot, you know, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have a prostate. Yeah. I've, I've never 
you know, come that way. Um, I know many <laughs> guys who have, um, but, you know, I've always been curious about it. However, you know, the, the thought of the, the action that needs to happen to have that happen kind of scares me off. <laughs> well, to me, yeah, to me. <laughs> You're like, it's a little too much for my, uh, yeah, to me that, that we go into the area of like a fetish session, like, uh, I don't know, like maybe I can be in love with someone to the point where I want to do that to them, but, but it hasn't happened yet. And I have been in love before <laughs> I've been in love before <laughs> never wanted to prostate massage him. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to happen, um, to me in this lifetime, but it is a fetish session. And I've done a lot of butt stuff to guys in fetish and escorting type situations. Yeah. That's a special kind of love there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I really was crazy about this guy a few years ago and he was a lot younger than me. And I know butt stuff is really big with millennials. So I said to him, do you want me to lick your ass? And he kind of shrugged his shoulders and he didn't really care. And I was like, oh, this guy is the guy for me. Like, he doesn't even want that stuff that everyone else is getting into, you know? Like, I could have done it. I was really into him, but he didn't even want it. Wow. Yeah, he was a keeper. Oh, what happened? I didn't keep him. <laughs> you didn't keep him? <laughs> uh, he got married. He, I didn't know he was engaged. <laughs> so, oh, that sucks. You got to Google stuff once in a while and often a registry comes up. It's like either like they're getting married or they're having a baby. <laughs> yeah, nothing. I mean, and I because I've been in that situation, too. Um, nothing is worse than being a side piece and not knowing you're a side piece. <laughs> well, I'd rather not know, quite honestly. <laughs> Actually, no, I would want to know because it, it, it's like on a, on a man's side, it's, a, it's more of a fetish. Oh, yeah. You're like, phew, I'm the side piece. You're like, hell yeah. She's sneaking away to spend time with me, taking risks. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that's, you know, it's a huge ego boost on the man's side. Yeah. That's a cool way to see it. As as a woman, you're just like, oh, I have no future with this guy, I guess, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. But but it's uh, also you know, it's also kind of funny and uh, you can make fun of it and you can write material about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my whole life is material. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. Yeah. I mean, so I've been divorced twice and my my uh, current wife is uh, um, getting ready to divorce me. So I'm going to be divorced a third time. Oh, oh, hold on. Can we just. OK, so you were married and you have two kids. Now, are the kids from the first marriage? No, one's from this one and one's from the another one. So the one in the middle, no kids. Correct. Was she such a crazy bitch? She was. Okay, I knew it. Because we're crazy. Those of us who don't want kids, we're fucking crazy bitches. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the last, the current wife, how long have you been married to your current wife for? Her and I have been together for 13 years. And she told me on our 13-year anniversary that she wanted a divorce. Why? Because she realized that she wants more out of life. Okay. I mean, like... I get it because I think marriage was something that was created when people only lived to be like 35 <laughs> and you guys have had a really good run. How old is she? Uh, she's 36. Okay. So just a little younger than you. So she's wanting to do different things. Like you guys probably have 
you know, it's good for both of you, and it sounds amicable. Oh, it's very amicable, but I, I think it's more along the lines of she just wants to do different dudes. Well, are you okay with her doing different dudes if you guys stay married? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to watch it. Oh, no, of course not. No, um, no, no. Well, I mean, no. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. And um, it's a big thing. That is a big thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that that's a whole other genre of fetishness there. Yeah. Yeah, but no. Um, no, and, and I'm just joking. That's not what it is. But um, if she saw this, she'd be like, what the fuck, Derek? Um, well, we don't want to cause any drama. No, she's upstairs, and I'll tell her exactly what I said because she just thinks it's funny. Um, but, uh, you know, so that so I had this whole routine about getting married for a third time and how third time's a charm and blah, 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 blah. Now it's like I got to rewrite that whole entire fucking joke. It's like, shit. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, it's fucking funny. I just hope it's, like, amicable. Oh, very much so, yeah. And I'm, you guys have a kid, and how old is that kid? She's 10. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, All she's, right. um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not even using lawyers we're doing everything ourselves i mean it's going to be very 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 amicable i mean we're still living together right now until january so everything's still fine um it's just uh you know different nice yeah i mean i have no complaints well that's not bad for you because you can now sort of look around at things in a different way at the clubs and get new kinds of material from being single and dating absolutely and then also you know come next year it's going to be you know if i do go out to California or stuff like that. I don't have to worry about asking permission or come home. I miss you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's going to be a little bit different. So it's going to be a, it's going to be, a, it should be nicer. So we'll see how it all works out. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not upset by it. I was at first, but like it took me like a week to get over because I kind of saw it coming. So I was like, no big deal. So now it's like, okay, now I got to make, turn this into a joke. So we'll see how it comes out. It's already interesting. You know, you look like a younger, cuter, like Henry VIII. So like your lookalike, you're having a lot of wives. And, uh, you know, you're like a nicer, like a woke, like a non-racist Henry VIII. I don't even know if he was racist, but I assume. Probably. Um, probably. But you're not cutting heads off. You're just like rolling with it. You're like a chill Henry VIII. Yeah, because the thing about it is, too, you know, all my, you know, women gave me girls so I, I you know it's kind of the same situation too i you know it pretty much is except i just didn't kill them because they didn't they didn't give me a boy so maybe i just need to you know find you know because i can't have kids anymore because i'm i'm snipped so maybe i just need to find a nice girl with you know a, a boy and you know just accept that <laughs> i think the next wife yeah that already oh you got you got a vasectomy yeah, Yay! All juice, no seeds. All juice, no seeds. I really respect guys under 40 who get vasectomies. I think that's cool. But maybe, okay, so the wife you're moving on to now is, uh, I think it's Anne of Cleves, maybe. Anne of Cleves, the fourth wife. Because there was, there was uh, Catherine of Aragon, Anne Boleyn, Catherine Parr. It's either Catherine Howard or Anne of Cleves. The only one I remember is Anne Boleyn. Yeah, yeah, there were so people many. People tend to remember her. Heads are gonna roll. Yeah. Heads are gonna roll. <laughs> yep. Yep. That that's that's it. And I've never thought about that that comparison, you know, uh, to me until now. Thank you very much for giving me that. Well, I'm sure you look nothing like him, but all I'm seeing is like a beard, you know, and the it's reddish a, hair. It's a massive beard. Um, I've seen bigger beards. <laughs> oh, it, it's gonna get bigger. Um, I, I just, you know, I. Prior to July, like I said, I had a you know regular job, so I've been only been growing it like 
fully. I've always had a beard, but I've yeah. never had it this long. You know, I haven't had this long in forever. So now it's like it'll it'll get down. It's gonna get it's gonna get huge. Aha! Huge beard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, that's that's one of the makings of a of a hipster. You know, I, you know the beanie. So I got that going yeah. on. Yeah. I got the beard. You got a vape. I do that too. Drink IPAs. Do that too. You know. You got it, all the hipster shit going you know, on. You you know. Wearing uh you know skinny jeans. I do that too. I, I mean. I'm all, <laughs> I mean, I'm all about the hipsterness, you know. The only thing I'm missing is a man bun, but I'm growing that out too, so it's coming. You can have that for 2021. <laughs> it'll it'll happen. It'll happen. Divorced guy with a man bun coming to LA. This is good stuff. Yeah. No, you're gonna love it. I mean, how many times have you been to LA? Just once. So. And what shows did you do when you were out here? I just watched. Oh, okay. I so have. you cucked it up when you're out here. Now yeah. you're getting you're gonna get in the mix next time. You don't have to just watch next time. Oh no. Well, I think I, I'm hopefully I've made the right connections now, and hopefully it'll be you know I can set things up before I come out there and not have to worry about that kind of stuff. So hopefully I can make that happen for me and have some set things going on when I get out there. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, have you ever had anyone come on your podcast and just be like out of control or like really super offensive or something where you're like, oh, this was a mistake. Um, not out of control or offensive because I'm out of control and offensive most of the time. So it takes a lot for me to be like, you know, get offended. Um, <laughs> but there were, I mean, there, I've had a bad guest to where, you know, they thought they were the king of the fucking world and they're really, really? they're no better than a fucking piece of gum underneath my shoe. Oh, so they're like, well, let me tell you pretty much how it is. Yeah. Like condescending and shit. Oh, very. Oh, that's it, annoying. It took me. That's super annoying. It took me everything I had to not completely slam this guy on the fucking show. It was a guy that figures oh like how God. old, like like my age guy. They can be like so mansplaining. No, he was a he was in his twenties. Oh, how annoying! Also annoying. Yes. Oh my God, it was bad. You know what? You said you liked Howard Stern. You know what I was thinking of the other day because I was watching the movie Wonderland. Because I love Josh Lucas. Sometimes I just got to like watch Josh Lucas like in tight pants or whatever. And uh, I was watching Wonderland, which is from, I think, 2003. And Eric Bogosian was in it. And he played like this sleazy valley drug lord. And he was great. I think the movie is called Talk Radio, maybe. And it's yeah. mostly based on Howard Stern. And that's a pretty cool movie. Like, I remember staying up late watching that in college. So it must have been like, uh, maybe it was after college. Maybe it was early 90s. But that's a pretty rad movie. And I think it is loosely based on your man, Howard Stern. Yeah, I think it is, too. I've seen that movie. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, the dude is just a genius. Um, you know, him and then the other, the, so he's the king of radio and then, Rogan is the king of podcasting. So it's like, you know, those are two names that I, I associate, you know, a lot with. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never listened to Joe Rogan's podcast, but I've seen him do brilliant comedy sets. Oh, he's you know? brilliant on stage. He's um, very, he, he's not, I wouldn't say very conservative, but he's pretty conservative. So, you know, he's nothing like what he is on stage on his podcast. And, and so you kind of have to be a little bit, 
open-minded to listen to his podcast, but it's, yeah. it's, it's good. But I mean, it's the same type of atmosphere that I like to have that, that raw, open, honest, you know, nothing off limits type situation. Sure. Sure. I mean, I've done some shows in the pandemic where they've said, okay, we're not going to talk about COVID at all. And we're not going to talk about politics at all. And I respect the format, but also that show better be shorter. You know, that better be like a half hour thing. And it was, so it was cool. Yeah. I've actually had PR people tell me that we're not allowed to talk about COVID or, or politics on my show. And I say, okay, then your guest can't come on my, your client can't come on my show. <laughs> Interesting. Why don't they, they don't want them to get canceled or something like Pretty that. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I've had, I've literally had a PR person told me that I am not allowed to ask anybody on that from her clientele um, to, about politics because her clients are forbidden from talking about client, uh, about politics and i'm like well then your your clients are forbidden i'm coming my show because nothing is off limits on my show yeah that's not gonna work out you know that is no. not gonna work out we have freedom of speech i hope you know yeah so uh yeah i hate that and the, like a lot of comedy clubs you know they're saying that they would rather not i mean like we're artists we're in this pandemic we're experiencing things about COVID-19 and there's an election going on, like we're going to come out with material that's political and pandemic related. Exactly. Would you want our fucking hacky material from like four years ago? Is that Hell what you no. want? Is that all you want? <laughs> Hell no. I mean, I had an opportunity to do a, a Zoom show um, for a place based out of Utah. However, they wanted it clean and I was like, I can't do clean. <laughs> You know, if they're paying you, they can ask you for whatever the hell they want. And it's up to you if you want to take that job. Yeah, yeah. You know, it might not be worth it to you. But if they're not paying you, it's like, where do you get off censoring people over a Zoom gig? Yeah, it wasn't a paid gig. So, yeah, I said no to it because I because I, I, I don't have I mean, I if I if I was getting paid a lot of money, I could write some clean material. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I mean. I, I like to be uncensored, unfiltered, and just, again, I like to make people as uncomfortable as possible with, with what I say. Because, I mean, I, I do a lot of off-color, very, you know, not socially acceptable humor. And to have to, like, you know, tone that down is difficult for me because I just have a fucking foul mouth. It's not really your brand, and it's not really what you're working towards. Now, don't get me wrong. If there's, like, somebody who I just adore and, like... Toys for Tots is the benefit Friday. I'll work PG-13. I'll work whatever is needed. Like yeah. if it's for a good cause or if I need to, you know, show somebody I can be on TV or if it's just yeah, that's a different, friend. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've worked clean quite a lot on Zoom. But, yeah, if you don't even know the person and you're not getting anything out of it, I can understand how you're like, I'm going to pass. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I would, you know, be clean for, but just not one of those situations. I mean, yeah. It, you know, to be totally honest with you, I wouldn't even be clean. Um, I wouldn't. There wouldn't be enough money to to make me go clean for this show. Yeah, yeah. You know what I I'm know saying? What you mean. So, so like, if say, for instance, hypothetically, way out of the blue, ten, you know, one in a billion opportunity happen. You know, next year, uh, Conan is retiring from you know this show on TBS. If TBS came to me and said, "Hey, we'll pay you a million dollars a year, ten million dollars a year to do." The new, you know, the new show on, you know, TBS, but you have to tone it down to PG-13, I'd say no. You're kidding me. I wouldn't. That's pretty rad. But if HBO came to me and said, I will pay you $50,000 a year to do the exact same show on HBO, I would do it. Yep. 
Yep. It's all that's it's, cool because it's all about the content that I want to produce. Because I, I don't. It's want, what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I want to do. I like to be able to take it anywhere and be able to be able to say what my real opinion is, and not, again, not have to worry about what that media kit is or these people come to me and saying you can't talk about this. I don't. I know. Yeah. I, I had a good time out here a couple of years ago. I did this show called Hello Cougar, and it was on um, Dronebox.com. Mm -hmm. Dronebox is still on the air, and it was a big TV studio in L.A., in East L.A. And I did this really sleazy show. I was hooking up with guys from Craigslist, and I was interviewing them. And uh, they wouldn't – I mean, where else could I get to do that show? Like, I would love to be able to do that show on Playboy TV or something with a small budget, but – I just did that show for free and it had a real cult following and we cast it off Craigslist and it was just so grassroots. And that was, that was what worked about it. But you can't, unfortunately when stuff doesn't pay and you're not able to monetize it for whatever reason, you do have to like call it a day. You have to be like, that was a great two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I had sex with 36 people or something. And then you need to, come up with another project i mean it is necessary to monetize and if you've been able to do that with your podcast that is you know enviable seriously that's great yeah i mean i i've been lucky enough to be able to monetize i mean i got my core sponsor in the the better help app um which i still find completely ironic i mean they just signed me on to another year um <laughs> great is better help like psychology texting therapy yep. yeah it's like uh, like there's another one called Talkspace and there's another one called Headspace stuff like that. But BetterHelp is the one that reached out to me and wants to do it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a you know, it's a fucking fantastic. I use it. Um, Derek, can I just tell you, I mean, as a woman in her 50s, I have so many younger friends and they want maternal advice so much. And I want to tell them, like, you should really check out these sources. You should check out these people you can text and they're there for you and they're, you know, they love doing this and they're on call because I think you'll get even better results than like some porn lady. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some porn lady or even, you know, a traditional psychologist. I mean, in my opinion. Well, I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause that was one of the, <laughs> and I, today's not ad day for them, but I'll do it for anyway. But like, you know, what I do like about them and, you know, and also Talkspace and the other ones too, is the fact that you don't have to wait. You know what I'm saying? Because psycholo psychologists these days or psychiatrists, you know, you've got to wait weeks upon weeks to get that first appointment. And then you find out you don't fucking like them and then you got to turn around and do the whole thing again. With, yeah, you with know, better help, you don't have to worry about that. I, I, um, I went to an in-person therapist through my insurance and this was like 12 or 13 years ago and I was working as an escort and I, I don't work as an escort during the pandemic and I don't think I'm going to go back to it, but I worked as an escort at the time and I did a little porn, but I made the most of my money from most of my money from escorting. So I told the therapist that in the first session and I think it freaked them out. And then when I went back for the second session, she said, uh, I have to read you this disclaimer. And the disclaimer basically said, if you tell me about things that are against the law that could be harmful to you, I have to report you. And it was just really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. uh, I didn't know what I could say and what position I was putting her and myself in. So I quit after week two. And I plus, I just didn't think she wanted to see me for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, that's another thing, too. I mean, my uh, my 18 year old um, K 
came out as gay last year and she's uh, had a lot of issues, you know, struggling with that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, but like when we tried to find her psychologist last year, she had somebody dump her because she was too much of a, for her. It's like, oh, my, that is a horrible thing to say and tell to a 17 year old. You know, it's like, shit. OK, so now we got to find someone who can handle you. And I go, that is weird, but I can understand it like my ex, like he has serious issues and he's like 38 and he tries to go to county and they just pass him around like like a pack of smokes in county. OK, yeah. but he he's like kind of borderline and pretty toxic and really hyper. So I doubt she could be anywhere near as close to he is. <laughs> yeah, she's but she's good now. I mean, she's happy and you know, she's you know, she's got her things going for her. She's getting ready to go to college, and she's doing well for herself, so I'm happy for her. Um, I wonder if that person was just, like, religious or something, and they couldn't handle what she was saying. They didn't want to hear it. I, th I think it was because she was fresh out of college. She had just taken her exams, and she had just, you know, this was her first job outside of, you know, interning and shit like that. And I think it was just too much for her to handle. That's what I felt like, too. I felt like this therapist was, like, too young and was in a scary situation for herself so i just rather skip the drama for everyone yeah i can definitely understand that because yeah, yeah that's how it was for her too but we were able to find her one and she's happy now like i said so you know things are good there good that's great yes um but yeah well I, plug it tell me about better help because i don't really understand it completely so so it's an app um that you use through your phone um, and then when you register, you say all the different things that you're looking for. You say, you know, do you want somebody with religious preference? Do you want somebody that knows LGBTQ? Do you want all these different things? What do you think is wrong with you? You know, all these different things. And then they match with us up with somebody and within 48 hours, you're talking to that person. And is it then, super expensive? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's really not. Um, it, it, if you have normal health insurance, you know, for a specialist visit, it's like 40 bucks. It's the same price. Wow. But the only difference is, is that you have access to this person all the time through text and then you get your normal weekly sessions. So it's it's a little bit better. But then on top of that, if, say, for instance, you go to them on a Sunday or whenever day you have your um, appointment, which, by the way, it can be at three o'clock in the morning if you're one of those people that just have night owls. So it, it fits your they're available 24 hours a day. So that's even better. But then on top of that, like I said, if you have one session with this person and realize they're not for you, you tell BetterHelp and then they'll match with somebody else and you'll never skip a beat. You don't have to turn around and wait. It's, it's Wait, let me ask you this. If you match up with, you know, Chloe and she's perfect for you, then you can access Chloe anytime? Yep. All but what about Chloe needing sleep? Well, I mean, if you, if you text her or him or her or whatever, you're – you know, um, in the middle of the night, they'll get back to you as soon as they can. I mean, it's not going to be <laughs> immediate. You're like, sup? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, if you, you if you email, if you texted them something urgent, I think there's some keywords that will alert them or will alert somebody else to contact you. Um, and, or you can actually put it as priority and then somebody will get mm -hmm. back to you right away. So mm -hmm. um, there are some different things that you can do to if they if you like need I need somebody right now. You know, they'll guide you in that right direction right away. It sounds kind of like what I do with phone sex. <laughs> 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 Much better help. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm on a sex panther and I'm on there for guys with like mom issues, you know, but of course it's like eroticized. But here's what's happening to me doing phone sex. And this is really bad, dude. Like I'm old. So these guys texting me are 
25 or whatever. And they're up to like two, three in the morning. And I'm always following, falling asleep on them. You know, they're like, mom, mom, I have my dick out, you know, like, mom, I want to talk to you. And then I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. I fell asleep on, you know, mom writer 58 or whatever. Got to text him tomorrow. Make sure he's okay. Cause I don't want him to get more mom issues, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to get tipped here. I'm not trying to, like, mess up anyone's head. So I'll, I'll text him, like, hey, mom is sorry. She crashed out, you know. <laughs> so sorry, honey. I dreamed about you. And um, the guy won't text me back. Like, I get ghosted <laughs> by my virtual sex stepson, whatever. That world is so crazy. Oh, like the taboo? Well, world it, yeah i mean not even that world i mean like the whole um dslg stuff you know m makes a lot of sense to me um you know you know or even vice versa you know you know mom son you know you know daddy you know yeah stuff like that makes what does sense. dslg stand for i've heard it before but you have to educate me um dom sub little girl oh oh okay cool 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 oh hell yeah hell yeah Woo. yeah I mean, um, I knew somebody that went that has, you know, that enjoys being a daddy and likes having littles. However, he has a little, you know, he has a limit. So, like, he went on this date once with this girl that identified um, as, a, you know, her little age. Because they always have, like, their age range that they like to be in, in their safe space. And she identified as someone who was, like, three to five. And so she was, like, baby, baby, you know. And yeah. he, he couldn't do it. He was like, it's that's too childish for me. He goes, no, if if I get like a teenager that ha has that brat, you know, that would be considered a brat in the dom world. Yeah. that's okay. You know, I, BGB. I, yeah. yeah, big girl brat. Yeah, yeah the uh, that kind of stuff is cool. I mean, and I even see the the fun in that being a brat tamer and stuff like that. That sounds, you know, but yeah, he was like, I he's like, I couldn't do it. She was way too babyish for me. Yeah, so, that's the ABDL. That. Yeah, yeah, that's more ABDL. Yeah, some adult baby diaper lovers. Correct. Yeah, I don't think she was into diapers or anything else like that, but she just identified as that age and she always walked around with a stuffy and she always had her pacifier and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's a little. It, yeah, I can understand. Adult why baby. He, yep. I can see why. Yeah, he that's didn't like that. That's though. beyond little. Yeah, that's a you know, but it's a whole it's a whole culture. And I've done a lot of videos and they're really supportive, you know, like. But yeah, that's a, it's not good if you're not both on the same the same page with that i mean i like diapers but i i like rock them if you know i'm gonna piss my pants now that i'm older or something you know <laughs> <laughs> but i i mean i'm good like but like if i were to dabble in incontinence like when i was in my late 30s i was hooked on laxatives so you know that's that's not a good place to be either <laughs> health wise that's not a good place to be oh, but no, yeah. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm down for diapers. They can help you with a lot of things with like your period and stuff, but it's not necessarily everyone's erotic safe space, but I do understand like, like the teen girl vibe. That's really hot. I mean, I'm getting so old now. So even to be like a 30 year old is like role play for me. Um, but yeah, one time I had a guy and he appeared on my show, Hello Cougar, but it wasn't enough for him just to get laid. What I did with the show was I had sex with them, safe sex, but it was not on camera. It wasn't porn. There wasn't nudity. 
and I interviewed them before and after. That was what I wanted, the interview. It was interesting. It was funny. It was cute. So he said, I'll do it, but we have to do a role play. And I said, sure, you know, I like the, you know, stepmom, stepson role play, but he wanted to be like really little, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't erotic for me, but it didn't freak me out either. But I could see if I were on a date like your buddy, I would kind of be like, no, like we don't we don't want the same things. Like, it's not just a fetish session. There's no, like, barter here. Like, we don't want the same things, you know? Yeah. Especially in that situation, you know, if you tell them, hey, you need, you need to be an adult right now. Get out of your little space. We're in public, you know. And they don't respect that either. I think that, that yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a little much, man. Yeah. I don't like, okay, I don't like that whole thing where the guy's like, go in the bathroom and take off your panties and you're just not ready to like be like that with that guy yet and you're like oh i'm just gonna eat you know and he's like go into the bathroom then i'll probably be like you know what fuck you you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that needs to be one of those uh pre you know disclosed conversations like maybe i'm a brat but <laughs> it was not to turn you on i'm just getting pissed <laughs> yeah getting pissed like i really have to like somebody you know otherwise if you're paying me i'll be like i'll be right back i mean there's a difference yeah and the lines get blurred unfortunately yeah you're right they do mm-hmm uh, cash so. is king. Oh, so back to better help. Okay, so yep. it's a uh, twenty-four, and it's not that expensive. And does your in- does insurance cover this for some people? No, I would think not. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, not with, not with them. I mean, th- and that's why they their prices are like similar to what you, you wouldn't pay with insurance anyway. That freaking rocks. That's a good system. I'm really glad these systems are there. Maybe uh, maybe some people I know are utilizing them, and that's helping them. I'm really happy to learn about because I, I knew it was out there, but I didn't know the names of it. Yeah. And this is the one that I've got in my mind now. Yep. BetterHelp. And then, quick plug, I mean, if you want to go to BetterHelp.com forward slash SIPod, you get 10% off your first month. Okay. I like that, too. Yes. Suck it. Yep, S I Suck it. Yeah, they they, they wouldn't uh they wouldn't put the suck it on there, so it's just S I pod. I get it. Yeah, they can't be like that ghetto, you know. They yeah. have to be like, this is a safe space. Yeah, yeah. well, they they vetted me too. They were like, why is your name of your podcast suck it? So I had to explain it to them, and once I told them, they're like, okay, yeah, we get it. But can we just go ahead and you know do this instead? Um, yeah. So for I don't know if you know this, but the reason why the name of the show is called Suck It is because as a dude with mental health issues, you know, I'm bipolar and have PTSD and shit like that and obviously anxiety. Um, for a long time, you know, growing up in the 90s, it wasn't socially acceptable for a guy to have depression. So I was always told to suck it up. Well, my response always to them was suck it. So that's the whole idea of the show is, you know, for anyone who tells you to suck it up, you tell them to suck it. And you're not prior military. Nope. My PTSD is actually from my my ex-wife, who was a very, very, very abusive. The middle one? Yep. The middle child, baby. Yep. M- mentally and physically abusive. I have severe PTSD from that shit. You know what? I was in a domestic abuse relationship uh, like uh, 13 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. 
and I'm still friends with that person, but I can't have them in my life that much. And it, it was physical. It was a little physical and it was very, very stressful and I get it. And I still have the PTSD from it. And if I'm around that person, it starts flaring up and it, th th he can just be talking about the Raiders or he can just be getting pissed about something else. And I just start, starts escalating and I can almost have a panic attack. Do you talk to your second wife? No. Good. Don't. No, but, it, but, it, you know, like, it, like her favorite show of all time was like Golden Girls. So if like I'm flipping through the channels and I see Golden Girls on TV, I immediately skip past it. And it's like I can't even, you know, be associated with anything like that. It's just one of those, you know, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. The only thing that um, that I associate with that was like one of her things is I'm still a big Disney fan and she used to work for Disney. She's obsessed with Disney as well. That's the only thing I because I had to make that into a positive because I'd still love Disney. I have like three Disney yeah. tattoos. So if I if I had three Disney tattoos and I, I couldn't be able to not ha you know like that, so I had to figure out a way to like that. But everything else that like you know, there's always those little triggers that here and there that remind me of her. It's like oh fucking bitch. Wow, yeah. she sounds like a piece of work. Oh, she was a piece of work. I mean, she's whew. yeah, piece of work. Do you have any pets? Are you a cat guy or a dog guy? I used to be a hardcore dog guy. However, uh, last year, uh, my wife got a cat without my permission. Uh -huh. <laughs> not, like, not like she needed my permission, but you know what I'm saying. She, without yeah. discussing it for me first. But yeah. I, I come home one day from work and she's got a cat. And I'm like, okay, uh, no. And we, you know, whatever. And I laid down on my couch um, and the cat curled up on my lap and we both took a nap. And I woke up and I was like, that fucking thing made me love cats. So then this year for my birthday back in April, she got me my own cat. Um, and now I'm like, okay, I love cats. So we have two cats and two dogs. Oh, that is really good to hear. I really like it when dog people give cats a chance because they will reap the benefits. I have uh, five cats and three dogs and I was the same way. I was a dog person too, but it was really that, you know, my exes, my exes, they got me into cats. Yeah. Because yeah, they're cat guys. Yeah, I, I absolutely, my cat, I absolutely love. I mean, his name Aww. is, his name is Miles. Um, I named him after Spider-Man and, um, you know, he, he's my emotional support companion. I mean, when I'm feeling down, he knows it and he'll come sit on my lap. He'll come rub on me and stuff like that. It's like, Oh, I love this guy. My That's cat is cool. awesome. I love him so much. My wife's cat's cool too. Um, but she's kind of a bitch, but, um, my cat is just awesome. I'm so happy that I got him. That's so rad. Yeah. yeah got, we raised him from when he was like, he got him when he was like six weeks old. So I've had him since wow. he was a kitten. So he's, yeah, he loves it. I love animals so much. So do I. Uh, my mom actually loves animals even more than I do. She's um she actually is the president of a animal rescue in Florida. Oh, cool! Yeah. Nice. So um she's obsessed obsessed with uh, dachshunds, you know the wiener dogs, and yeah, I like she them. actually runs Florida Dachshund Rescue in Florida. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. You know. Uh, my my roommate he loves dachshunds. Maybe I can show him some pictures of them. Yeah, she's later. got like she's got seven or eight of them. Wow. Yeah, they're lovely. I think Bo, one of my dogs, um, my dad calls my dogs rat catchers. I think he's got a little dachshund in him. So yeah, I have yeah, I have three dogs right now. I've had as many as thirteen pets though. I've had like a zoo here, you know, <laughs> but now it's a little more low key. Yeah, she um, 
she had one for a long time, and then as he was getting older, she thought he would be cool with a companion. So she got him a companion and through this this rescue. And next thing you know, she's becoming a foster mom for dogs. And then she then they asked her to be the treasurer and do their web design. And she's like, okay, cool. So she's still fostering. But the thing about it is every time she fostered, she ended up adopting. I right, right. So oh yeah, so God, now she doesn't yeah. foster anymore and you know, she just arranges the fostering and stuff like that. And um but she's got like I said, seven or eight of them. Um, including one that's completely disabled. Oh, his back, his problems with his back. He uh, was actually bitten by a bear. Oh, but he lived. He lived, and now he's he's uh, partially paralyzed. He's got use of his front paws, but doesn't have any use of his, his bowels or his back paws. He's got a little uh, drag bag that he walks around in and drags his legs behind him, and my mom has to change his diaper, you know, and stuff like that, and yeah. Does he seem happy? Oh, he's he's a he's a, a happy happy dog. He oh. he is such a good dog. Oh, how cool! His name is Bernie. Oh, how cool! Yeah. Oh, so love yeah. to feel the burn. I love touching pets and getting kisses, and I sleep with my dogs. And I sleep with my dogs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife included. Like <laughs> <laughs> I said that the other day to her when my. And I said, God damn, why is there three dogs in my bed? And my daughter was in the, in, our, in the bed, too. And she goes, I'm not a dog. And I said, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife just kind of glanced out of her side of her eye. And she's like, she, and then she said, this is why I'm leaving you. I'm like, oh, I okay. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, like, that makes sense. That makes funny. sense. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Even, even though, you know, I, I, I still can't help burning her every once in a while. It makes me happy. Oh, you know, if you want to get married again, I'm sure you will, or maybe not. Three is enough, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I just want to be a slut for the rest of my life. Who knows? It's fun. Oh, it is. I. I, yeah. I uh, oh yes. You, slut. Being a slut is actually, you know, it's, it sounds fun. I mean, that's not a that's not a shame thing. I don't slut shame. I love sluts. I mean, that, that's empowerment right there. Um, and I love that we've taken back that word, or women have taken back that word too. It's like. Fine, yeah. Who cares? It's what I want to do. It's my way of living my life. Oh well, I don't care what you think. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think. uh, Well, I don't. Taken back is. I. I feel like it was bad, and like we took it and just owned it or something. Correct. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I. I don't. I think part, you know, sometimes, though, a lot of us who are, like, happy, proud, active sluts or whatever, there is a part of us that is looking for, you know, love and oh, something absolutely. deeper. But it doesn't seem to happen, so we're going to keep looking. Oh, if absolutely, if that makes yeah. us a slut, then, you know. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, doing porn, being a prostitute, having a show where... Yeah, I'm definitely a slut, but one thing people tend not to realize about it is that it's usually for, like, art (laughs) or money or something. Like, I really like being a creative slut, and in my my real life, I'm sort of a little old to just be hooking up. I would rather have it be, like, a heightened experience where I have some kind of feelings. And also, when you do so much for, like, money or product— you really want to get some pleasure, like emotionally, physically, if you're not doing it for like 
cash or content. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and I um, I, I I still tell this joke, um, in one of my sets. Um, it's about my mom because you know after uh, you know because for a long time she was you know very very um, all about the dogs you know and the rescue and stuff like that and she w- didn't have a boyfriend for a long time. And all of a sudden, she just became, she's in her 60s, and she just became kind of slutty again. So, nice. you know, and I was like, more power to you. I go, however, I go, Mom, you're not a cougar anymore. And I go, you can't be a cougar after you're 60. And she goes, well, what the hell am I? And I said, a fucking saber tooth, because you're almost extinct. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can always be a cougar. But, yeah, I mean, you do have to uh, own the senior, senior yeah. cougar so, vibe. Um, there is a, um, like a range, well, like, like each, like you know, 20 to 30 is a Panther and then like 30, yeah. To, yeah, there's a range of them. So I actually made a shirt in my merch store. That's a playoff of that joke and it lists all of them, you know, and then, you know, 50 to 60 is, you know, Cougar. And then it says 60 and above stop animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, my mom did not like that shirt. <laughs> I even sent, well, I sent her one. She didn't like it. <laughs> nice. She's like, I'm not wearing this. <laughs> Give me a real Christmas present. I just sent my parents a bunch of wine in Florida, like through this wine club that I'm with. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they should like that. They should definitely like that. I love to drink. I love to drink white wine, cougar juice. So delicious. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan, but it can get out of control in quarantine. You know, it can get out of control. You can gain weight. You can start fucking with your mental. I mean, too much drinking is harsh on my mental health. You know, I will start getting like PTSD out in the morning. It helps me not to drink. I hate to say it because I love to drink, but the drinking escalates, especially if you're not driving, you know, like I drank a whole bottle of wine a couple of weeks ago and I was just like, Whoa, it was so good. Yeah, for me, one of the one of the things that I find weird and my doctors still can't explain it is, you know, if I'm like on my pills and I'm regularly on my pills, sometimes I'll get like overly manic and really, really my, you know, all everything's clicking. So like I'll drink a beer to to bring down my level of depression because it's a depressant. So and it actually works for me. So like they're like, why are you? even drinking when you're like because it fucking works like whatever works man (laughs) they don't understand it but it works you need to calm you down a little bit correct you down yeah like it it helps with that right it does it really does so like um you know because it it increases your serotonin levels especially with some of these and if your serotonin levels get too high you fucking go apeshit crazy and that's what happened to me one time um when i first got diagnosed they put me on zoloft and it it drove me literally insane. Um, and I was suicidal. And um, I mean, I was this fucking close. Because you uh, get so manically proactive. Yeah, I mean, I was... You're like, I got to do something about this. It was bad. And um, I, I couldn't even explain what happened. But that night I went and got drunk. And <laughs> I, I felt so much better afterwards. But like, I was Good. so... Like, I was ready to just say fuck it all i mean it was bad so like yeah needless to say i don't take zoloft anymore um but it was it was (laughs) you know what like i've heard i've heard some weird stuff about zoloft yeah all i ever took was i took a a effexor think it had just come out and it must have been like 2003 or something 
And that was chill. I took a very low dosage. I took it for like six months. And then I felt like I was done dealing with what I was dealing with. And then about two years later, I wanted to take it again. And this time when I took it, I was having bad reactions like projectile vomiting. And the psychiatrist who prescribed it said, well, your body chemistry changed. And I said, really? I mean, I think it was only like a year and a half ago. I was taking this for six months. I go, they obviously changed what they're putting in the product. She's like, no, it could just be your body chemistry changing. Yeah. Really? You know, I mean, I have come to realize that, you know, with, you know, the medications and stuff like that, you can't trust it. I mean, if it's, if it's working for you one day and it just stops the next day, it's either, you know, it, it's, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. They can say all they want that it's, you know, it's your body chemistry, your body makeup or this or that. It's like, no, there's something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, Big Pharma. Like we know you switched out something and now I'm having like this badass reaction. There's just no way. I mean, I hadn't made any lifestyle changes otherwise. Uh, so what do you think? Because you are kind of, you know, on the cusp of medical development and science. Um, when do you think we're going to get a vaccine? So there's what, three companies right now that have come out with them um, that were either 90 or 95 percent effective. I think it's going to hit. I think it's going to come out soon. But at the same time, I don't trust it. Yeah, because. You know, in previous, you know, pandemics, you know, whether it had been smallpox, whether it had been the plague or anything else like that, you know, it took years. Now, granted, obviously, science has come a long way since smallpox and everything else like that. I get that. But at the same time, we don't know what the effects of this is going to be in a year from now or in five years from now, what this person's going to end up having because they took that vaccine. And that's so the biggest, scary. that's the biggest problem that I'm having is yeah, it might work. Fantastic. You know, great, good job. But are all those ingredients necessary or can we take some of them out? Is there going to have any negative side effects? We don't know the long-term effects of it. And that's the only problem I have. It's super freaky. It's super freaky, dude. I mean, I, I, fought the flu shot for a while but i caved like 10 years ago and i'm glad i caved me too seriously because that was really kicking my ass the last time i had flu was like 11 or 12 years ago and it really kicked my ass and i had like 104 temperature and i was almost delusional uh not delusional i am delusional i'm a comedian i yeah. was all delirious delirious yeah delirious i think the last time i had a major case of the flu was probably eight or nine years ago um, and I've been on the flu shot ever since, but yeah, I mean, Good. I mean, I couldn't even drink water without puking. It, it was that oh. bad. It was, and it lasted five, six days. It was horrible. Wow. And yeah, I was like, I'm done. I get it done. I get it every year now. I don't care. Good. Good. I know me too. I can't wait to get it. Um, well, I really, I do want to take a second and say, you know, cause people watching this, listening to it they they want to i, I want to vouch for the adult industry and let people know that like COVID is being taken seriously you know like we do have rigorous testing there are standards um we need to test and then do our scenes the next day and like 
most com I mean, it's got to be almost like 72 hours, you know, sometimes because of the speed of the testing, because we don't have like uh, rapid testing is not readily available. No. I mean, I thought it would have been by now, but it isn't. But we get the results back the next day. And so we can be on set once we get the results back. But sometimes the results come late. So really, like porn people can't work every day now. They have to pretty much work every other day and keep up with the testing schedule and but it's it's been effective. Like there has not been an onset COVID transmission because I think we would have all heard about it and oh, I'd yeah. know about it. I'd know about it, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, in general, you know, with the, the adult inter entertainment industry, it's becoming more norm. But, you know, I just want to say for, you know, you know, especially in situations like yours, you know, Sex work is work, you know what I'm saying? And there's nothing fucking wrong with it. You know, it doesn't hurt anybody, you know. I mean, and it's 2020. You know, if they don't want to be in it, they're not going to be in it. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that's that's the case of it. Um, you know, and there's been tons of people that have made decisions, you know, to only do it for a few months and then get out while the, you mm -hmm. know, the getting was good. Like one of the most famous cases is Mia Khalifa. You know, I mean, yeah. she did it for three months, became really famous in that three months and then got out and said, nope, never more. And, and again, that's what it's like. Sex work is work. There's nothing wrong with it. And if you still have that stigma, grow up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's legal and you're not, you know, there's not underage people working in it. I mean, <laughs> like it's IDs, like multiple IDs, uh, especially women my age. Obviously, I joke about it, but obviously I want to be there. And if you don't want to be there, at least there are alternatives now. Like you can go shoot for a company or you can do premium web content and do OnlyFans, you know, or Fan Centro. You can do something where you're just basically taking off your clothes and talking to the camera. You don't have to have sex with anyone to be making money in the adult industry anymore. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about starting an OnlyFans myself, but what I want to do is I just want to take pictures of my nuts, you know, with different characters. So like, you know, put some googly eyes and a funny face on my, my nuts and just have nut art <laughs> on my OnlyFans. You should do it. I think that would you be the funniest it. thing. I think it would make a lot of fucking money too. <laughs> You know, there might be people who would just be like, I have to subscribe to this shit to see this shit. Because it's know? just funny as hell. I can make it look like the, you know, uh, Chippendale, the, the chipmunks, you know what I'm saying? Or Mickey Mouse nuts or something. And every day lines. there's like a different photo of some character your balls exactly. are done up like. Yeah. I, I would want to see that. That's fucking hilarious. That is. That's fucking rad. I, you know, if anyone tries to claim it, it's mine. I, I have note right here. Nine forty. Get on that. Nine forty-one p.m. on December 9th. <laughs> <laughs> Often imitated, never duplicated. Exactly, but yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I just think that'd be funny as shit. To be honest with you, <laughs> that would be funny. I like it. Ah, uh, fuck. So, I've had a great time with you tonight. This I, has been fun. Yeah, I you're really easy would. to talk to. You know, yeah. when you come out here to L.A. So when do you think the clubs are going to open up? Fuck. Um, so I'm kind of basing it right now off of, you know, what the music industry is saying. So like yeah. right now, you know, the music industry, as far as like, you know, festivals and tours, there's only been a handful of things announced for next year. 
um, like I'm a big rock guy. So in Sacramento every year, there's a, a festival called Aftershock. That was announced for October of next year. But okay. that's about it. So, you know, I, 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 I'm playing it by ear. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, there was a, a major club in Austin that closed recently. Um, a major, you know, comedy club that's been around forever that closed recently. And they that was a huge hit. I mean, there's a there's a lot of musicians and a lot of other people that are doing, you know, charity events for some of these smaller clubs to keep them alive and well. Like Miley Cyrus did one a few weeks back for the That's um, cool. for uh, what's it called? Um, I can't think of the name of the club, um, but, you know, she did one. You know, there's, they're trying, you know, their best. So I'm just hoping, you know, you know, it, 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 who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's very hard to know if the clubs are going to be able to maintain, especially the way things are in L.A. right now, where. There's no outdoor dining and, you know, it's basically back to almost total lockdown. Retail is allowed to stay open a little bit, but there's no food service except for takeout and a comedy club. You know, they're usually not going to. I know it's a scary time, but this happened with the holidays. Yeah, I mean, like some of the bigger ones that have chains like, you know, um, the Laugh Factory or the Improv Group. I'm not too worried about them. Um, even the comedy store, I know Pauly Shore won't let that happen. Um, he's not gonna let his mom's wo- life work go to shit. So he, yeah. So I'm not too worried about those types of clubs. It's the smaller ones that I, I know. you know, that's what I'm, what I'm worried it's about. It's the mom and pop. It's just like with the restaurants. I mean, unless they can get some help, just they're starting to go under, you know, they've gone under my roommate's friends just had a really good Japanese barbecue place go under. It sucks. You know, yeah. it sucks. Man, we, we just had we've had a bunch in in our town too. I mean, our town is, you know, it's run by mom and pops. I mean, there's, you know, where I'm at in Virginia, there's like very very few major chains. I'm talking very few, and it's all mom and pops. So thankfully, you know, oh, there's a good portion of them that are still open because you know the community supports them because obviously that's what they want. Um, yeah. they, they don't want Fridays and chilies and everything else in between. They, yeah. they want mom and pops. So we've been kind of lucky, but there has been a handful that has shut down. There was ones that to. just, they're just ones that a uh, one that was just closed down the other day. Um, out of the blue, they woke up that next morning and were like, yeah, we're done. And oh, it's, God. it's just, yeah, it's sad. I mean, what, my best friend works for a, a local mom and pop restaurant here in town. One of the, the biggest ones here and you know, they're even worried. So it's like, you know, we got to get back. We got to get back to some type of normalcy because otherwise there's going to be even more people out of work. There's going to be more people that are hurting and it's yeah. just got, it's got to end at some point. Well, maybe people could get jobs as therapists for better help. That is a new company that's probably thriving and doing better than ever. Oh, so, sure. you know, I mean, get certified as a therapist, get trained and that could be a really great gig. And that way, Chloe doesn't have to be woken up at four in the morning. Exactly. She's got, you know, her side piece, which helping her with the texts and calls and qualified. There you go. <laughs> there's, there's always an option, right? <laughs> Or or you can text me on Sex Panther. Text your mom. <laughs> there you go. Any any guys out there looking for a mommy, you know, Sally is available. Professionally, yes. A professional mommy. Yeah. Personally, I've tried that and it doesn't work. Huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> God. But, yeah, I mean, uh, whew, we're going to have some fun on Friday. 
Yeah, that's going to be fun. Let me know, like, when you want me, you know, just email me some details yeah. and we'll figure it out. I look forward to hosting Toys for Twats. I mean, Tots. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever raises us the $5,000. That's why it's yeah, my yeah. opinion. I, I took the gig for the wrong reasons, but I'm in it to win it. Exactly. And, again, anyone that comes on Friday, remember this is an 18-year-old up show. This is, you know, supporting kids, but not a show for kids. There's gonna be punk, Thank you. punk rock Thank music, you. you know, you know, you know, profanity, you know, probably rape jokes. Who knows? But it's yeah. it's gonna be an adult show to support kids, and that is what I wanted to do. So just remember that on Friday. Don't have your kids go. Oh, this is a Toys for Tots concert. It is a adult concert supporting Toys for Tots. Please remember. Yeah, that. it's for dirty people who aren't pedophiles. Exactly. And, you know, the goal is to raise at least $5,000, but if we can raise more, let's do it. Um, That's great. It is. You know, it, it's a good organization that, you know, we want to make sure every kid has a present underneath the tree. That's what we want. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yes, I will definitely email you. Um, just let me know what your availability is because I, I would love to have you on for as long as possible on Friday. Um, yeah, I'm pretty available. I'm okay. available Friday. I won't take anything else. And I'm taking the month off Zoom shows, and this is the only one. So okay, cool. I'm available Friday, yeah, right. day and night, whatever. Yeah. We'll figure so, yeah, it out. It's going to be, like I said, like a six-hour show, three hours worth of music. No, four hours worth of music is what I got so far. Um, and there's still more people that want in that are filming sets today and tomorrow. So, um, luckily though, all the, the bands are pre-recorded, so we don't have to oh, worry cool. about any technical difficulties like that as long good. as, yeah, so that's, that's all good. You um, just have to put all that together. Correct. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing the last couple of days. Um, putting that all together and then the comedy will be live with the exception of one, um, Damon Millard, he'll be, he'll be recorded, but everybody else will be live. So, and we'll all be on the zoom together. Therefore, you'll have laughter. You don't have to hear, you know, nothing else. That was the whole idea. So every, all the comedians will be on, with the exception of Phil Johnson. He's coming on because he does music. He doesn't need a laughter track. Oh, okay. But um, everybody else will be on together. Support each other. Support each other. Therefore, therefore, we all have somebody to listen to laughs to, at least, you know. Um, unlike, a, you know, a regular Zoom show where you have, like, 100 people. But the, the 10 of us will be a good laugh, you know, enough. Yeah, yeah. support one another. I'll, exactly. I'll hit that hard as the host. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. I'll be doing a set as well, as, as well as Sally. And then we've also got Eugenia Kuzmina. We've got oh, yeah. um, Sarah Clevenger. We've got, I mean, there's so many good comedians that are coming on. Uh, Terry S. is coming on as well. Oh, she's cool. I mean, we got so many good comedians. It's just going to be a lot I of fun. I love her. So, um, Terry S. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's all female comedians and then me. Oh, that's a guy's fantasy. Yeah, I know, right? That's that is that is like the major fucking you know comedy orgy of my lifetime, right there. That is. <laughs> okay, well that, we'll have our fun with you. Hell yeah! Please bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all those girls are hot too. <laughs> I know, right? Whew. I'm, I'm, ex you know, especially Sarah and you. Oh my god! And Gina. wait, Sarah Clevenger? I don't know. Uh, is it Kim Clevenger? She goes by Sarah K. I think. Oh, okay. Is. I don't yeah. know who that is. Well, you'll, you'll, yeah, she's cool. Oh, um, I can't wait to meet her. Yeah, and then uh, you know, everyone's hot. It's it's all good. I'm I'm ex I'm ecstatic. You know. You should be. Oh, and then uh, Jessica Winther's coming on as yeah, well. Yeah, she's hot too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got a, we got so many good comedians. Hotties like, only. Oh, it's so gonna be so so good. So dads, <laughs> dads come out on you know be around. It's like like I said about uh, what did I say. 
9 o'clock on Friday is when that's going to happen. Dad, uh, show up for mom jokes. Yeah, mom jokes, and I'll be telling j- dad jokes and everything else in between. Um, but, yeah, that should be about 9 o'clock on Friday when all the comedy starts. Um, and then our once our set sets over, that'll roll right into uh, Phil Johnson. So we'll have a bunch of music, comedy, and then close out the show with more music. Hell, yeah. Yes, I'm excited. Good stuff. But yeah, so um, I will email you all the details or text you whatever, and then uh, we'll figure it all out from there. And then uh, Friday's the big day. Nice. All right, I'm down. Good promo. Okay, well, I'm going to go have a little dinner and maybe shoot a few very amateur porn clips with myself. (laughs) There we go. I'm going to be thinking about that as I go to sleep tonight. (laughs) (laughs) my my bad quarantine selfie porn (laughs) fake voyeur clips you know who's there nobody bitch (laughs) nobody but you (laughs) it's just you (laughs) you're all alone (laughs) exactly um (laughs) so thanks this has been fun it really has and uh, i've enjoyed it yeah it's good learning about better help and i will see you friday but i'll hear from you before then absolutely (laughs) <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you then. Mwah. Bye, Derek. Bye. All right, guys, and that is it. Thank you very I'm much writing for writing down my funny jokes. I'm writing down <laughs> some funny jokes. Yeah, but write them down. That's all good. So we will see you guys on. I'll just be back tomorrow with um another band. I can't remember who it is, but I got a band tomorrow. And then Friday is the big day for the comedy show. So come out then. But until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always. Stay fucking heavy. We'll see you Friday. Peace. Thank you.